Hey everyone, it's Zoe and Neil from U Studio here again for another podcast on podcasting episode, where we hope to inspire you to create and grow your own corporate podcast from tips from the pros. Today, we are excited to be joined by Craig Stevens and John Buckner from software company CCC Information Services. We've featured a wide range of clients on these podcast episodes so far, but we wanted to bring CCC on today due to their rapid success and their growth of returning podcast users. So Craig and John, we are excited to learn more about your podcasting journey. Thanks for being here. I hope you guys are having a good day so far. Thank you. We are. Yeah, so far so good. (laughs) Good. To start us off and just give everyone a little background, how about you two introduce yourselves and explain a little bit about what you do over at CCC? So I'll start. My name is John Buckner, and I'm responsible for the automotive market customer base within CCC Information Services. We provide software, technology, and consulting solutions to the automotive, insurance, telematics, and claim auto physical damage space. So it's an exciting place for us to be, and we're excited to be here with you today. And my name is Craig Stevens, as you know, and I am a solutions delivery specialist. I report directly to John, and uh, my position works with all the field people on getting our solutions up and running successfully for our customers from the point of sale to the point where they are up and working on our products. And we also work with all our internal people and our internal folks to make sure that they're Uh, completely knowledgeable of our products and able to train it to our customers. Great. So why podcasting? What was the pain point or what led CCC to look at implementing podcasting within your company? Yeah. How did podcasting come to be? I'll hand that off to John. I'll let him uh, give you a little bit of background uh, as to the history there, as to what drove us to that decision. Sure. Thanks. The opportunity around podcasting was really started with uh, starting with an opportunity that we saw to find a new way to reach a very diverse field force from coast to coast. We've got uh, sales and service uh, people uh, around the United States, like a lot of different organizations and not dissimilar to those organizations, I'm sure, as well. Sometimes find it to be a challenge to have uh, consistent messaging, consistent training, through conventional email and did you read the job aid or the go-to-market strategy document or whatever it might be between those field folks as well as our internal sales and service teams as well. So trying to find a unique way that we would be able to educate and communicate with uh, those folks across our organization to make sure that they were up to speed on whatever was happening corporately or whatever internal messaging that we might want to put across, as well as training and development associated with products and features that we might be coming to market with. So we saw podcasting as a way for us to reach our employee base in all of those endeavors. And interestingly, what we also wanted to do was see if there was a way in which we might be able to include them in the process as opposed to just being recipients or consumers of, uh, of podcasts. Yeah, I love what you just said, include them in the process. That's awesome. I think podcasting gives that that unique use case for not only employee-generated content, but maybe just more of that feedback loop rather than some other communication channels. You guys mentioned email, but were there any other mediums you were using 
pre-podcasting for training or or for these uh, use cases? Sure. And we are very similar to other organizations that would use webinars or go-to-meeting type of technology that would try to get everybody in the same place at the same time or have four meetings on the same topic to be able to accommodate everybody's schedules. And that always led to challenges from a scheduling standpoint. The hosts need to be available to train the folks for those four unique and independent hours to be able to reach 150 plus people on a particular message or a particular topic. So whether it be conference calls, web, or various digital means with job aids or email, uh, those were all things that we've done for many, many years. And so when we saw this opportunity, one thing that we wanted to do was put somebody in possession uh, or in place in a position rather to wake up and own it every day and see this opportunity for podcasting come to life. And that really is all the credit of Craig Stevens, who uh, was hired as a solutions delivery specialist uh, late in 2019. And he researched Ustudio and partnered with uh, your organization, obviously, to be able to uh, figure out what technology might be available to us. And then also a go-to-market strategy with some other people internally to scope that and move that forward. So it was really a great opportunity for CCC in our market, specifically the automotive market that we represent, to be able to partner with another great technology company to see how we might be able to add value to our uh, employees who ultimately deliver greater value to than our customers. So, Craig, you're the the man in charge of the program? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say that. Uh, some of the color commentary to put to John's words so far are, podcasting wasn't exactly on the forefront of everybody's mind or the tip of everybody's tongue in our field organization. We've become very regimented in how we consume and and digest information and and how it's delivered to everybody. So it was a bit of a leap of faith. There's there's certainly a lot of members of our organization that, that consume podcasts on the plane or when they're taking their walk or their jog, but to, uh, to cross the paths of, personal use and business use was it was definitely a unique approach to our organization and one that we wanted to make sure that if it was a, if it was a viable use case, then we, we wanted to pursue it and see if it was something that people would uh, enjoy. We pictured with a field force always out in the road, emails tend to pile up and, and while you're driving or flying or taking a train or however you're commuting to wherever you're going, emails constantly coming in and, and maybe the priority slips lower and lower as more and more emails come in. And, and when you get to your hotel at night, you know, how far back was that, was that email? We, we loved the idea of being able to reach out and touch people uh, via podcasts, whether it was audio or video, you know, that we, we were very passionate about it up front, even though it wasn't something that anybody was used to yet in our organization. So I was very happy to head this up so far. Well, it sounds like you guys are doing a great job so far. So, you know, when you realized that there was an opportunity here, what was your launch process like? How did you announce the program to your audience, especially with it being something that was completely new to your employees? How did you set them up for success in in that way? So we wanted to create excitement. And the way we did this was not too different from a movie premiere. We thought maybe there would be some value in creating a teaser, get some people excited. They knew that this was something new that we had talked about and mentioned at previous meetings, but they didn't know the entire 
story behind what what we were going to attempt to do. So we created some videos with music backing and and a tease, you know, and it was very much in a movie trailer esque way. We sent it out to everybody. We sent out teases about the launch and when the launch was coming, and we made sure that we stuck to that date. And then when the date came, with help from your people, we we had some nice clear PDFs. We put it all together, ironically, in an email. And then we we shot it off to get everybody signed up and logged in. And then we were off to the races. So uh, that creativity, that slight change of what was happening prior to is what created the excitement and, and the intrigue. So they're like, ah, oh, something new's going on. I haven't seen this before. And that's what we adhered to. And it, and it worked. There was a lot of a lot of talk before it actually happened. It was great. I'll add this that, you know, Craig says we an awful lot. He's trying not to say I. Uh, he took a lot of that directly uh, on his shoulders. And he's a very creative guy. One thing that we enjoyed as a part of that process, as he was thinking about the different ways to communicate, we're both huge movie fans and movie trailers and uh, teasers. When he brought that as an idea up, it just seemed to to resonate so well because of a couple of different things. Number one, they're short inherently. They're supposed to grab your attention in a very short period of time. They have to be visually kind of grabbing as well as have the proper audio, whether it be music and or voice, to be able to uh, thematically fit with what you're trying to do to capture that, that quote-unquote audience for 30 seconds or so. So Craig did a great job to kick this off by generating a level of excitement through some creative means. Uh, so that was really terrific and a great way to start. Hey, Craig, Neil here. I was curious, maybe you could double-click on that a little bit and talk to us about how that approach for the launch and, and just kind of merchandising in general, was that consciously because of some decisions you made around leading with video first? And, and this probably also allows you to kind of dive into the adjustments that y'all had to make as you looked at COVID and what your plans were before it, and then how you had to modify those going after it to try to make sure that this communication medium was effective. Maybe you can kind of talk about all of those things and how they played into your launch merchandising approach? Sure. I could tell you this. Everything changed as it did for the world. Everything changed in February and March. And our initial intent and focus was to create a podcasting solution that uh, would speak to people in their cars and in their, uh, like I said, on a plane. Our real vision was to create links that they could put into a calendar invite and they could consume a podcast just prior to going into a client engagement that was very topical and on point, a refresher about a product perhaps. So when we were doing our research and and as we approached the launch, that all changed drastically in February, March, and, and all of a sudden we had to pivot. The tease and the movie trailers that we created to build excitement, they were gonna happen regardless of COVID. But once COVID hit and we were all grounded and we were all in our homes and all within our four walls, now we're all staring at PC computers and screens instead of our mobile devices. We did a quick pivot and said, you know, if we're going to keep people's attention, we need to look at video. And some of the very cool things that we did was, and this is very tongue in cheek, and John can speak to this a little bit more. We knew that we were in lockdown. None of us expected to be in lockdown for quite as long as we've been, but 
John came up with a, a concept of next six weeks webinars. And that was the actual title of it because we figured, what are we going to do for the next six weeks with a field force that was all stuck at home? So we created this program called Next Six Weeks and we filled it with content. It was uh, people within our organization that are subject matter experts providing us content and these live webinars with, with 167 people attending. We would record those maybe strip them down a little bit and cut them up on, you know, trim them up on the ends to make them a little bit more consumable. But we would take those webinars and put them into U Studio, And those were really our first big contributions to content in U Studio were, were recorded webinars. It's not a podcast in the traditional sense, but it got our people used to getting in and out of U Studio and consuming information the way we wanted, the, wanted them to eventually uh, it was just video instead of audio since they were sitting at their computers. And the admin dashboard afforded us the ability to see how they were consuming the information. So while our original intent was audio and mobile, uh, we were seeing about an 80% usage on desktop and about a 20% usage on mobile. And, and ironically, the deeper we've gone into this lockdown and now we're starting to come out of it and, and there's some travel happening those numbers are slowly starting to change. So now we're about 70% desktop and 30% mobile, which was our original intent. So we jumped in with video because we had to. We, we had to pivot when that time came. We just didn't imagine people sitting at their desktop, pulling out their phone and listening on their phone when they had a desktop looking at them. There are so many great things that I love that you just said in that answer, one of them being that you could just spitball the percentages back at us. You clearly have been taking some time looking at your analytics. <laughs> and I also loved how you said the thought of something that you wanted to get from the program was for someone to be able to put these links in calendar invites. I think that is something I haven't heard before, but it's a great way to, as an for an individual level to hold yourself accountable to listen to the content, you know, like, oh, in this flight, I'll listen to this podcast or before this meeting, I'll listen to this, this podcast. I think that's a great way to remind yourself to tune into what content is available. I think that's a great tip that other companies can definitely implement as far as from a promotional standpoint. Yeah. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't add this footnote as well, because it's it's definitely helped define the usage of Studio within our organization. Our uh, The head of our division, the senior vice president, he he's all in on this and he loves the idea, he loves the concept and he loves what we're doing with it. But early in the process, he was doing weekly COVID-19 announcements to all of us and they were live and they were done through a webinar type of scenario. He came to us quietly and said, wouldn't it be cool if I recorded one of these and we don't say anything to anybody until just a few minutes before my live broadcast and uh, that would maybe promote usage. And sure enough, we secretly recorded it. We got it all ready. We put it up into U Studio. We got the links ready. And uh, about a half hour before he was supposed to go live, he sent a communication out to the entire division and said, uh, yeah, don't go live. Go into U Studio, and you can see my recorded message to all of you. And we went from about fifty to sixty percent 
adoption to uh, about 110% <laughs> adoption in about a half an hour. And I say 110% because we actually went beyond our division. We had people outside our department that were uh, signing up because they wanted to see what we were up to. There was a lot of excitement around it. So getting that buy-in from somebody of that level and having him want to help us promote it was was just awesome and instrumental to the success early. In a very unique way to say, for example, if you want to hear what I have to say, you're going to have to create a user in Studio, <laughs> and you're going to have to learn how to use the technology. And that's the way you're going to be informed about this week's update. It was subtle and brilliant at the same time. And it uh, it drove that adoption, as Craig said, uh, through the roof over, uh, not even overnight, faster than that, within an hour. <laughs> and it got people used to logging in. And I think that was a kind of what I'd like to call an inflection point in kind of our our story of podcasting here. It was pretty important. Well, isn't it true that every program that we can all think about professionally when we're trying to roll something out, having having influence, you know, ha- having those influencers, it makes or breaks it. Um, you know, rolling out a new initiative is, is so much about momentum and timing. And sometimes, you know, uh, you know, almost kind of going back to y'all's love of movies, you get that box office weekend and then it dies or does it have that slow burn or does it in the unique case sometimes have both? I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into that content strategy because, you know, what we find a lot of times, and I think listeners would find really interesting is the way that you kind of took advantage, you know, and I use that air quotes of a time, a point in time to say, you know, how, how can we be agile and dynamic with the way that we create content, repurposing, for instance, web- webinars, or at least the idea of webinars, but also recognizing that in that time, your audience, you know, was, was going through something, you know, that next six weeks. And, and that seemed to be the impetus for, for that content, that show and that content strategy. And obviously you've had to evolve since then. And I guess my long-winded way of asking the question really is, you know, so many people kind of look at it and they think, you know, well, now this is a whole other program. I have to come up with this sort of perfect content strategy. And the reality is, you know, podcasting kind of affords this really great opportunity to be imperfect and organically grow and organically develop content just by the very nature of it. Maybe you could talk a little bit about how that belief, you dispelled that right away and said, let's just jump in. And these are a couple of ways we can pre- you know, we, we can grow content with, with existing media and, and use it that way. And also let's use the time to, to go at it. And it's okay if we learn along the way, because, you know, that's, that's the nature of the beast. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll start on that one, Neil. So a good friend and, and colleague of mine by the name of Steve Bine has had a saying for many, many years, and I use it all the time and I give him credit for it every time. And it's uh, don't sacrifice performance waiting for perfection. He says that uh, often, and whether it be whatever the travels that he's using it in. And it's really just don't be afraid to start, right? Don't wait for the perfect scenario to get your feet wet. And that was really one of the things that when we look back on it, when we saw the opportunity that was associated with the next six weeks, that we wouldn't even have known what perfection was when it came to podcasting because we don't have a history of it. So we said, well, this is a unique opportunity for us to be able to. Uh, develop a little bit of a rhythm and a cadence and try and leverage an unfortunate circumstance, obviously with COVID and everything that went along with what the other aspect of that meant was that you had an entire field force 
and office staff that was now working from home and everybody kind of came to a screeching halt and said, how do we combine those things? Don't be perfect. Just get started. And what do we call it? Well, let's just call it the next six weeks. (laughs) So what are we going to do over this course of period of time? We're going to have a podcasting show called the next six weeks. We're going to fill it with some episodes that are going to be relevant content that we think are going to is going to be of value for uh, the life and times, whether it be for certain strategy or products that we were looking to talk about during this period so we can get kind of caught up. And other, in addition to that, what are the things that we might be able to do to just help people find a way to continue to develop professionally while they're reacclimating, working from home and juggling schedules? And we've all been in that situation of how do you, when you're a remote or road employee, how do you suddenly start to find the way to work from home just overnight? And part of that, we wanted to give them a little bit of a prescription of content and a way to kind of get used to a, a rhythm of, of content along with it. So I'll, I'll add to that and, and tell you something that may be a little uh, earth shattering. Uh, both John and I, if you go back a year ago, uh, neither one of us had ever even listened to a podcast. Not even personally, nothing, no podcast for us. But when we jumped into this, we chose not to really do a whole lot of consumption of podcasts because we wanted to, uh, and Neil, if, if what I've heard from your other podcasts are true and you like these little, uh, these little quotes that you can use, our quote is we wanted to let the appetite drive the recipe. So if our people, oh, <laughs> yeah, and we felt, <laughs> we felt that if, uh, if we tried too hard to mirror what was already out in the marketplace or perhaps what the personal consumption of a podcast looked like, then it was always going to be compared. You know, it was going to be our people comparing it to whatever the most popular podcast of the week is and then not measuring up to it. So we said, well, let's, let's, let's find out what their appetite is. And then that'll drive how we design these and, and what we, what we give them. And of course there were some variables, COVID being one of them, but it, it worked. And ironically, we're in this situation now where it's its own little ecosystem. We have some amazing best-in-class field professionals that, that we work with every day. These people that, you know, some of them may have only started with CCC a couple of days or weeks ago, but they have a great history and a great resume of prior experiences within the industry. And then we have tenured, seasoned CCC veterans, and and everybody has a story to tell. So when we talk about our podcasting solution now, and some of the new shows that we've created, the most recent one is called The Why Store, and we'll give you some background to that in a bit. But in The Why Store, we thought, how great would it be? And, and, And this is something awesome to share with your listeners. If you are a new employee at a corporation, how great is it to be witness to a seasoned employee telling a story to somebody, telling them about an experience they had with a customer or why a customer experience was successful. And as a new employee, you're just privy to that conversation. So that's become a driving force in a lot of the content that we create is let's give everybody a peek behind that curtain. Let's give everybody the opportunity to hear uh, John reference Steve Vine. He, he is one of those guys that it's amazing to be in his presence and to hear him tell a story because of his years of knowledge and, and, and experience. So now we're giving that to everybody in the uh, organization to give them that opportunity to hear that story being told by 
the subject matter expert. And this, I call it an ecosystem because it's starting to feed itself. And, and people are now excited about the next episodes that are coming out. And as soon as they land, they're contacting us about creating their own episode in the future launches of shows and episodes. So it's better than we could have imagined. And it happened a lot sooner than we could have imagined. But that's the, where we're at right now. It's, there's so much power and authenticity, which you tend to be such, uh, you know, triggering words and, and descriptors that we hear over and over from from people around where they found their sweet spot and where they've gotten the greatest amount of positive feedback, especially about authenticity. And to, to be able to immediately allow someone to be a fly on the wall in rooms that they otherwise would may either from an access or just because sometimes those things happen spontaneously and you can't really recreate it. But to be able to let that person recreate that story, that's really smart. I think that that's a really smart approach that has driven your content content strategy there. So you you guys have said that you have the next six weeks show and then you spoke or you mentioned the Y store, I, if I heard that correctly. Just so we have a little context, can you just briefly go over how many shows you have and if they're are they reaching the whole company? Are you targeting different uh, departments? How does that look? Just so we can help visualize what the program is that you're running. So from a, the shows that we have, we started with the next six weeks and then we started to roll into, uh, call it more role specific content. And so we would develop a show for uh, a specific title or group of uh, employees that might be uh, content that's more applicable specifically for their role. And then it started to broaden back out again with other things that we saw that might be uh, relevant from an industry uh, perspective. And we talked about uh, the senior vice president's COVID-19 updates and things along those lines that might be for the entire market. And most recently, we have developed a, a show with now we're up to, I think, uh, call it a dozen or so episodes of uh, what's called the Y Store. And the Y Store is really a bit of a passion project for me and Craig because it's at the core of one of the things that we've wanted to uh, talk about for quite some time, which is continuing to advocate as to the value of the solutions that we you know, deliver and the why behind them. Why would a customer want to use this product? Why would we want to go about uh, talking about a, a specific solution in a particular way? What's the value-based journey that we want to put our customers or excuse me, our employees through? Uh, so they can add even greater value to our customers through that ongoing kind of content. So as opposed to training people on what something does, here's how it looks, here's a demonstration of it, to have a why behind it, and that's the root or the center of what we're trying to deliver, was really an interesting place for us to start from a why store standpoint and then develop the episodes that would be content specific that really everybody within the automotive market has had a say in the content, whether it be the subject or the host uh, for that particular episode, which is terrific. Yeah. And to add to that, the episodes are hosted or owned by a person that we have a discussion with. We have prep meetings and the cadence is every month we launch another couple of episodes within the Y store. We have a, a an initial launch meeting where we talk to hosts and owners about maybe an idea that we have, or maybe it's an idea that they presented to us. Then we start rolling on getting prep and, and getting 
content submitted to us. And by the time that launch date appears on our calendar, we're, we're ready to go. And those episodes are all in, in a, uh, another show called the prep show. And we get it all in there. Everybody can review it that needs to review it. And then I move them over into our public show. And, uh, we use just as an aside, we use links that I mentioned before, but we've also used QR codes. We'll take a link and we convert it to a QR code because we want to get our people used to using their mobile devices. So at some point in the future, when they're out on the road, they're going to see an email with a QR code that they can just scan on their PC. They can just pick up their phone and scan that QR code and boom, it goes right into their Y store show episode based off that QR code. So having those hosts and owners literally own that episode, it's amazing the content that we're getting. So, you know, a George out in the PAC Northwest or a Jen down in Texas that are subject matter experts, now everybody in the country gets to hear their reason why and how they talk to their customers and, and what the value that they find in our products is. And now maybe I don't have a story to tell at my customer because I'm new to this company. I can listen to a podcast and now I can share that story that, that somebody out in California uses with their customers. So the, the Y store has just turned, it's more traditional podcasting in terms of audio, but it's really turned a corner for us. And that's what's really bolstered up the ecosystem now and, and had people excited and, and wanting to contribute. I love that. And I think having the host as the owners of the content, you know, it makes it even that much more personal. Storytelling is a huge part of podcasting. And I think the most successful clients of ours are so big on incorporating that into their strategy. Would you say that the Y store has the highest listenership or what, out of all the shows that you've you've kind of mentioned, is there one that stands out as being most impactful within your company? The Y Store first launched August 3rd with a lot of brouhaha with a couple of movie trailers that we talked about earlier. And, and it did. It garnered a lot of interest right away. And we started educating people on the use of the like button. So that way we can kind of start tailoring our content as to what they like the most. And again, that's so the appetite can drive the recipe, right? And now our second round of launch just occurred on Tuesday after Labor Day. And round three is coming out October 5th. So it is the most currently highly consumed show, but it's because it's so new and there's constantly new content being added each month. But the next six weeks was huge during its time. There's individual, like John was talking about, uh, by role, content by role, that if there's something hot going on at this particular moment, those episodes will get the attention as they should because there's something going on now that we need to make sure that we communicate with everybody. So as far as a, a show with a brand, the Y Store is really taking over everything that we're doing right now. But we still have those role-driven shows that uh, they know they can go to for immediate, urgent-type messages, and, and they can rely on it to be current. As a business program, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you measure. What are the KPIs that you're looking at that uh, help you to optimize and sort of when you're reviewing shows or, or just 
you know, Q1, you know, Q4, it's, we're coming up on 2021. So you're probably doing some 2021 planning and you're thinking about this as a piece of that. I just think it'd be interesting to hear sort of how you, how you're looking at it, measuring it and taking that into account within the context of other business metrics that um, obviously drive you forward. Well, I could tell you, John does an excellent job at making sure that that U Studio is talked about as the medium that we use. So, like, there may be, even though I own it, you know, like it, it, as John said, like it's it's been my baby. There's moments where John will have to say at a meeting, you know, like why why aren't we putting that in U Studio? I'm like, huh, you're right. But he he's been very good at driving the adoption in terms of, you know, let's think about putting it in U Studio. Make sure that everybody gets very familiar with that being the method by which we are going to communicate. We'll be working tomorrow, actually, I'm working with some of your people on a deeper dive into the admin dashboards and better ways for me to consume that information and read that information. It's an incredible amount of data that's that's uh, we're able to, to take snippets here and there, and it, the graphical stuff is great, but now we want to take a deeper dive into who's doing what, who's consuming what, simply out of, out of a need for you know, what seems to resound better with somebody, you know, is it, is it content, this content versus that content? So we want to take a deeper dive into all those metrics. And it's funny that you ask now because we feel like we were learning too, and we still are, and we always will be. But the next six weeks that have turned into the next six months uh, have all been a learning curve for us. And uh, John and I are learning now how to start adapting the content going forward. So for example, the Y store, the first round, we kind of removed barriers from the owners in terms of time constraints. And you know, we didn't want to we didn't want to cut their stories short. So we just kind of let them go hog wild. And as a result, we had 23, 25 minute episodes. And our people, you know, when there's five of those episodes and each one's 20 to 25 minutes, that's a lot for them to consume, even if they are sitting at home or sitting at their desk. So that feedback right away caused us to say, all right, why don't we try to tailor the stories down to more like 10 minutes with some what we call quick hits that are kind of like uh, partner episodes that go with the story. But it's a smaller three minute episode. And that was a direct result of getting the feedback from the field as well as our direction. So you mentioned 2021. As we move into 2021, eventually we're all going to be back out in the road and we want to make sure that these episodes are very consumable. And back to our original intent, a link in a, in a calendar invite, if I'm sitting in the parking lot of a client about to go in, I don't know that I want to sit and listen to the entire 25 minutes. Give me three minutes that's going to brush me up and get me focused before I walk in the door. So that's where we're at. We're, we're starting to really delve into the numbers with the mission in mind, our, our original intent in mind, and how we're going to move forward into 2021. Yeah, and there's two additional metrics that I'll uh, reference. One, Craig touched on uh, much earlier and talked about our new employees. So how amazing and how cool is it to have this platform in Studio for us as somebody is a new hire, comes into the organization, and add to it the complexity of doing that in a time of COVID where they can't come into the corporate office and go through conventional training and things like we've seen for many, many years. But over the course of the past three weeks, the newest hires have the highest view time, if you would. 
So they're logged in and it's a resource library for, uh, for new hires to be able to go in and get caught up and listen to all the stories and get caught up on industry information that might be of value for them. And their hiring manager can prescribe certain ones that are of greatest benefit to them. And then the other ones are simply available as a resource to continue to kind of round out their learning. So I thought that was really compelling and something that we, I would say, didn't deliberately consider when we moved in a podcasting direction, but it was a wonderful thing that we observed as a part of its kind of organic growth and uh, the way in which it's used. The second is a more recent uh, development uh, since the launch of the Y Store, and that's there are certain managers that have decided to kind of take the information that's associated with a, a podcast episode within the show of Y Store and turn it into what you would formally call it like a book club. So, hey, listen to this podcast, and then we're going to have a, our, in our team meeting, we're going to spend the first half of that meeting talking about the podcast, what you learned, how you applied it in your customer conversations, uh, what were the things that were of greatest value, and then continue to learn from one another as a result from I listened to it, and then there was practical application, and then there's learning and continuing development. So those were some things in which uh, we saw uh, as unique ways in which podcasts wound up being used. I love that. And and so that we make sure that we share things that we've heard that are valuable. So this is a, a synchronous relationship since you're sharing so much with us. We've had other guests on the show talk about how they take advantage of show notes to do time stamping for those quick hits because they too will have some some things that are longer form. and But obviously, folks don't always have the opportunity to go long form and they need to go and grab that nugget or two. And that might be a that might be something that you, you find a, a use for in the future as well. But in the spirit of obviously sharing what we've learned as well. Excellent. Yeah. And and on the note of success in and sharing these metrics, before, you know, the other week when I was thinking about our conversation today, our head of customer success actually told me and shared some great da- data with me that so in August, I don't know if if you guys are aware of this. In August, 98% of your podcast users were returning users. And then in July, 97%. And in June, 99%. And I think that just is great, shows great success. And you've reached these numbers within just a few months of, of launching your podcast. So it shows that you know, the strategy you put in place with the video, with the, with the teaser, using these webinars to get, to get the program up and running, to build habit, it obviously carried on. And it seems like you guys really have built a community around this. It's become definitely a, a daily habit of your employees, it seems, because those numbers are awesome, I think. That's great. Nearly to hear. 100%. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. That's terrific to hear. Thank you. So I guess you know, you you keep mentioning that before this, you guys had never listened to a podcast before. You know, is there one thing you've learned throughout this process that has made you either a better podcaster or is there some sort of preconceived notion or myth that you had about podcasting before this that you, is there any sort of realization you had, you've had by launching this this program within your company? First thing that comes to mind in answering that question is understand and continue to learn from your audience. They have told us so much through what they listen to, when they listen to it, the emails we get back, 
the suggestions that they have. So I think that has been one of the most interesting and compelling things. Craig has mentioned on a couple of occasions that, you know, the appetite drives the recipe. And a big part of that is just allowing for the user community, uh, especially since it's an employee base, you know, it's a closed community, if you would, to give them the forum and absolutely welcome and apply feedback. And the beauty of that is they're comfortable doing that. There's a comfort level in them giving us feedback. I think we've helped facilitate an environment where we're telling them, yeah, we want to know. Tell us what you want. So that way we can deliver uh, what you want and know that it's it's having an effect. So it's worked. Craig's follow-up to that is, congratulations for telling us what you want. Now you're the host of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, suddenly uh, I'm starving for content. Uh, what used to be like I had a whole slate of content that I could create. Now I'm like, all right, now... Now it's getting real. We do, there are some other things that we haven't mentioned that like there's training videos that we wanted to get away from a lot of the old dry uh, training videos that you see across, you know, the country in, in other in other formats and other businesses that we've worked for. The point and click watching somebody move around. We use like a, a like a whiteboard software that we record a voiceover to it and, and we we throw it into like an iMovie, sew it all together, and then take all of that and throw it up into U Studio. And, and it's it's a very compelling, a little uh, more creative than what everybody was used to, you know, in terms of colors and what we can add and screenshots and we could put our product screenshots in there. So in addition to just straight audio and straight video, we're using some other tools to put in some training that's a little bit more compelling and a little bit more fun and fast and efficient. Those are some words that John and I toss around all the time. Is it, is it fast and efficient and compelling? Those are three very big words that we always challenge ourselves with when we create content. You guys touched on it a little bit earlier and talking about how neither of you were, you know, big podcast consumers, if at all, in the beginning. And, and I know that through various conversations and what have you, there can often be a perception that, um, well, if I don't really, I don't really know how about how to do that, and and the uh, team I'll need to do it, it just feels daunting. And and is it fair to say that you are sort of living proof that the most important thing is to commit? We're going to do this, and we're going to be okay with learning along the way because it doesn't sound like there's a tremendous amount of expense, obviously, aside from from y'all's time, but in production costs and production effort, uh, more so a, a willingness to do it. Is, is, that a, is that a fair statement or am I, am I maybe oversimplifying that from your point of view? That's very fair. I think it's also not just the commitment, but the, uh, the focus of person as opposed to having 15 people responsible. You got one person that wakes up and focuses as a core part of their responsibility every day. And that's uh, something that Craig does so very well. This is not his only job, but it's a key component of obviously his his role and responsibilities is the ownership of U Studio and the podcasting solution as a whole. So that focus, the commitment followed by the focus is, I think, critically important. And the other thing that I will um, add is just allow yourself to be uncomfortable. That's an okay thing. Allow yourself to be uncomfortable recording a podcast, starting something, knowing that there's going to be 150 people that might be listening to it or whatever the number might be based on your potential audience. And it's all okay because we're going to learn and we're going to grow and it's all for the better, uh, the betterment from 
kind of an internal application standpoint of allowing everybody to have an opportunity to to get something out of it. So it's having that commitment and uh, not being afraid to get started. So as I mentioned earlier, don't sacrifice performance waiting for perfection. So have your commitment and get started. I couldn't agree more. Terrific. It seems like you guys with your numbers have are getting close to perfection anyway, with even though you you just dove right into it. I mean, you guys, I love your story and the the numbers speak wonders for how it's impacting your company. But I want to be respectful of your time. I do appreciate you both sharing a little bit about your program here today. And for all of our listeners, thanks for joining in. You can always visit our website at ustudio.com to learn more about our podcasting solutions. So Craig and John, thanks again. And I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, John. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you both. It's been a wonderful opportunity. Thank you so much. 